is Exxon Family Club hosting uh, haptic sessions uh, with a little group of experts from all around the world that we <laughs> kind of created together all of a sudden and decided to, to make a recurring event together. And we actually started a club called the Haptics Club on Clubhouse. Um, the first session will be in a few weeks and um, we won't start um, on this club. We wanted to start with the XR family because we already have a pretty large audience here. A lot of people working in XR are working already with haptics or are related with haptics at least. So we found that it would be a good opportunity for you to be introduced to that. Um, and today's session will be especially uh, about Alex Melon from B Haptics. And we're going to talk a, lo a little bit about his work and especially the relationship between haptics and VR gaming. And on stage, we have Eric Vezzoli from um, the beautiful company called Intra Haptics. If you don't know about them, definitely look them up. <laughs> we have Ashley Huffman, Strategic Partnerships at Nanoport. We have Jess Denbutter from SenseGlove, founder. And also Irina, working also as a VR AR marketer for SenseGlove. And I'm super excited to have them with me on stage because it's a very diverse and beautiful group of people, different thoughts and experts in their domain, and long-term researchers, developers, designers, and just experts in the subject. So it's going to be very interesting to mix a little bit of all the or ideas together, ask questions to Alex, obviously. On my side, uh, I'm the most recent in the haptics family, having worked only for the past year and a half at Immersion as a haptics researcher in UX. Um, but I'm excited to continue to learn from all of you and to share our ideas. And we will do that very uh, often. We'll try to at least have uh, once a month, if possible, maybe more often when we get more chance and more people involved. And if you know people that work in haptics or are experts in the field, uh, feel free to make them follow us, follow the club. You can find the Haptics Club on Eric's profile, on my profile, uh, any person on stage, actually. And we will start um, maybe with... Uh, Ashley, <laughs> what can you tell us? Awesome. Thanks so much, Menu. Um, yeah, you definitely follow Menu. Shout out to him. Um, constantly doing amazing things in this space and has some of the, like, the best uh, rooms around. Um, so, uh, yeah, just started off. I think, you know, first things first, Alex, uh, such a, a cool guy in the VR space, working on some really crazy stuff. Before we kind of jump in, I wanted to get everyone to like kind of send positive vibes his way because he's a newly married man. Um, shout out to Alex for actually joining us. Nice. Um, when you, Aww, when we just you. got married. <laughs> really Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Super cool. Um, so best wishes there. Um, and, you know, to kind of kick things off, uh, we were kind of joking because we couldn't fit your entire bio in the um, clubhouse uh, profile. So maybe that's a good place to kind of start is if you can kind of give us a background on yourself. Tell us more about yourself and kind of how you got to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for inviting me to do this talk and uh, to, uh, you know, to kind of pull the, the community together around all of these things that we all love and are so passionate about. You know, if there's anything that I love doing, it's talking about VR and haptics and gaming and all of that stuff. So for me, this is just, I mean, there's, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. So thanks for having me. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> the, Twitter, the Twitter bio thing is kind of funny. I, uh, you know, in the past couple of years, I've like really just kind of like gone after everything that I love and that I'm passionate about. And uh, in, in, in that 
in that journey, I've encountered such an amazing community in the XR space and in the haptic space. I mean, I think a lot of us are kind of uh, still early adopters, you know? I mean, when I first discovered virtual reality and kind of the magic of VR, my mind absolutely melted. And I thought for sure that like everyone else in the world was waking up at the same time as me. So when I realized that not everyone was really not really knew about the magic of VR and, and the magic of, of XR and, and all the stuff that's kind of emerging in, in the tech space right now. Um, I knew I needed to get involved as soon as possible so I could help spread the word and help be a part of this revolution, frankly, that we're all kind of participating in. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. My, my, I would, I would say that my, my journey with haptics really started back in, uh, in the late nineties when my very first purchase ever, like I remember begging my parents for chores around the house, like little odd jobs I can do to, to scrape together five bucks here, 10 bucks there. So I can make my very first purchase ever, which was Star Fox 64 with the rumble pack. That to me was like the coolest thing that had ever been made. And I literally scraped together pennies as a kid to buy Star Fox 64 with a rumble pack because you put this thing in the back of your controller, your Nintendo 64 controller, and now it shakes when your ship gets struck by a laser beam or, or a bomb or whatever. Um, and it's kind of funny to watch it all kind of come full circle where my first gig in the XR space is with B Haptics, which of course is the uh, leading consumer product for haptic technology um, in VR and, and gaming and music and, and otherwise. Um, so it's been an amazing journey and along the way, you know, I've started a podcast with some friends and I've gone to, um, conventions and done a lot, lots of interviews. I mean, ultimately I am like a super fan, you know, like I'm someone who just loves this stuff so much that I cannot help but be involved in it. And, uh, I just like stare in amazement and awe at all of these incredibly brilliant people who are able to figure out how all this stuff works and put it together and uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's my duty to make sure that everyone knows about all of the amazing work that is being done in this space. Oh, I love that so much. I can imagine just everyone in the crowd just thinking of that first experience that they had. Um, I love that you mentioned the rumble. That's so awesome. And I think like at a high level, I'd love to pull it out for one sec before we get too deep. As like haptics companies, I think we've all, and as a haptics product uh, person, you probably have experienced it where you've met someone, you're showing them a demo and they don't know the word haptics and they've kind of just, they know of the feeling, but they don't really know the term. When people ask you like, what are haptics? What's your uh, definition of it? How do you ex describe it or explain it? Uh, I, I explain haptics as the way that we connect to the virtual worlds. Um, you know, and, and I always kind of use the example now, especially because a lot of people have used it, like you said, but they didn't necessarily realize that they have. And, um, you know, VR gaming, I think, is one of the the best examples of how a little bit goes a long way. Because if you aren't wearing a haptic, a wearable haptic device, like, you know, the haptics vests or, or the arm pieces or any of that stuff, um, you're still getting haptic feedback through the controllers in your hands. And I try to get people to recall a moment where maybe their haptics stopped working for a second. Like if you're playing Beat Saber and you swing through a block and all of a sudden there's nothing, it feels really weird. You know, like when you realize that you don't have a, a vibration that connects you to a, an event that happens in game, uh, 
there's this huge disconnect when you've already been used to feeling it, you know? Um, so I typically will explain it as it's, it's literally the way that we can, can touch and feel the virtual world that we're immersed in. That's awesome. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, it's so funny how people know it, but they just don't know of the technology. It's kind of like the secret thing built inside of uh, technology that uh, just isn't super talked about, kind of like the, um, the Intel inside. Hopefully, it'll become the Intel inside. Very mm -hmm. cool. Well, I, I think like reality, okay. uh, I think it really, like, it, it, it makes this conversation come up quite a bit more because you'll realize that the, there are haptic responses for, I mean, because when you're in a VR environment, you are embodied in a VR environment, right? Like, it's not like your character who is getting shot at in a shooter, you are getting shot at in a shooter. So there's a huge, huge difference between playing a video game that's a shooter versus playing a VR game that's a shooter. It's the difference between an avatar or, you know, a, a representation being shot at versus actually you being shot at. So when you realize that, oh, I can feel when I, you know, reach out and I reload my gun or something like that, like there's a connection here, but then all of a sudden, you know, I can see a rocket come flying at me, it hits me square in the chest and there's, there's no sensation there. There, it becomes kind of obvious, I think for a lot of people like, oh, wait a second, I, I probably should have felt that. Like I looked down, I saw something collide with my chest, but there was no sensation or maybe only my hands buzzed. And I think it's almost this a natural progression, right? Like as we spend more time in immersive environments, people slowly start to put the pieces together and they're like, huh, wait a second, I should be able to interact even more with this virtual environment. And one of the things that we've noticed from Behaptics is uh, it's kind of funny, but like you put the vest on and a lot of people, you know, cause we have multiple products from Behaptics. We have the X40 vest and the X16 vest, which of course is zip up, uh, just like a life preserver or something like that. Then we also have the Tactosi arms, which go around your wrists or forearms, which shake and provide weapon recoil or, you know, incoming melee strikes from zombies or whatever. And then there's even foot attachments and ha uh, hand attachments. And then, of course, the tactile for face, which will allow you to feel headshots or somebody striking you in the face in a boxing game or something like that. And one of the, the biggest things, this is almost like everyone's progression is once you put the vest on, and you get used to things coming through your torso and being able to feel how you're interacting with the virtual space on your torso. The second a headshot comes in, right, or somebody goes to hit you in the face and there's no sensation there, you're like, okay, well, I guess now I need the face piece and I need the arm pieces too. Like you'll realize that there, there's gaps missing. And almost everyone wants to fill those gaps once they start to see that they're able to expand on it. Oh, that's great. That's really cool. I didn't realize that you guys had so many different types of um, haptic kind of peripherals. Are these like leading up to like one kind of um, game experience? Are you guys trying to like create one per like perfect haptics gaming experience? Can you tell us more about kind of the vision and where it's kind of headed to? Yeah, I, you know, it's it's a it's definitely a balancing act, right? Because there's all I mean, once you start to kind of like dream and think about all of the potential of all of this stuff, I mean, there's so many different ways we can provide haptics into these experiences. I mean, way, way far beyond um, like vibrations, you know, I mean, there's stuff out there like the Tesla suit which kind of uses that like electro stimulation, which almost feels like someone's scratching you with a nail when it's moving down the, the suit a little bit. Um, you know, there's, 
the idea of using like hot and cold sensors, right? So you can be entering a cold environment and your suit would cool you down or you enter a desert and, and you'll start to get hot. Um, you know, there's uh, force feedback, the kind of stuff to where you try to close your hand around an apple in VR or something and there's a restriction and kind of prevents your fingers from closing to really emulate that feeling of something being in the hand and, uh, you know, and everything in between. And of course, Behaptics would love to dive into all of these things and and is diving into all of these things um the balancing act comes where it's like okay well you know this is insanely cool right but like how practical is it like is it gonna is it gonna be something that can be developed for uh somebody who you know is anybody gonna be able to afford this thing when we finally get it done you know will there be enough practical use applications for it to make sense to start to incorporate that kind of thing now so it's the progression of haptics and and like the the manifestation of that progression ultimately depends on you know how how easily we'll be able to put it into the hands of consumers or uh or an enterprise depending on you know who needs it or what but be haptics of course has really kind of shifted gears and has been focusing on the consumer aspect of things um you know there's also just like it has to be easy to use you know and that's another part of it too because i again another example the tesla suit insanely cool full body tracking you know full body haptics all that stuff but i was at a convention i had to get naked to put this thing on (laughs) for all intents and purposes you know like it's literally a wetsuit um you know and most consumers want to have something that they can just toss on it's easy to use it's it's you know it's easily integrated into the games and experiences that they love and that's of course another part of it that is very uh, important you know it has to work with something that people want you know sure it's cool to experience something that's hot or cold but you know, is that something that people really, really desire? You know, it might be a cool thing. You experience it for a minute. And you're like, okay, yeah, that was cool. You know, next thing, and you kind of move on. But when I've now that I've gotten used to using, you know, wearable haptic devices in VR games that I love to play, I really have a hard time going back now. You know, so we want to make sure that the progression stays at a point where you know everyone's able to participate in it and everyone can use it um, while at the same time trying to innovate and to uh, push the barriers so um, we definitely have plans you know we there's a couple of things that we probably would have had announced already you know uh, things that are in the works um, but you know everything got kind of pushed back a year last year as a result of uh, the state of the world so we're really excited about the future of all of this stuff and uh, I know that we're going to be here for it so it's going to be awesome (laughs) sweet and maybe we can just make a kind of like a public announcement of when no one wants to get naked to try your uh, haptics technology (laughs) (laughs) I did it you know I mean I was going I was in there I was trying it but I mean, it's a public setting and they were like using a steamer to clean it. So when I put it on, it was just moist and extremely cold <laughs> and it was quite the experience. No regrets, but, uh, you know, <laughs> easy and accessible. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Thanks for taking, taking it for the team on that one. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> so it sounds like there's a lot of kind of opportunity in terms of using different types of haptics and materials. Um, so it's like tons of opportunity, many things you can do. What are some of the challenges that you're finding in terms of um, integrating haptics into VR gaming, whether it's on the technical or even like development side? Um, you know, we are in a spot right now where things are moving along pretty well um you know i would say the our greatest challenge right now is investing 
the developers of the game into the project and or not even necessarily investing them because everybody for the most part thinks that all of the stuff is really cool but it's about having them prioritize it as part of a like a native integration into their software um as opposed to like you know spending their time doing something else you know developers are super busy and they've got timelines and you know they have dreams for their projects and you know bugs to iron out and features to add and all of that stuff. And as the haptic community grows, so does the demand for more integrated titles and, you know, and more things that you can do with it. So right now our biggest challenge and the thing that we're spending the most time on is developer outreach and, and invest in getting these um, the developers who make these amazing experiences to spend a little bit of time to incorporate the and software into their code so that way the, the haptics just work effortlessly with their game just like the controller haptics do in the controllers um you know this the the implementation process is actually pretty simple i mean i'm no developer but i i talk to developers all the time and i've had lots of them tell me hey you know once we once we saw how this was working this was this was cake you know it's kind of like plugging in um like a subtitle into a movie you know it's like that right time it's like okay well when this happens trigger this this pattern you know it's pretty it's pretty simple so um you know Im implementing the games in, or implementing the haptics into the games is actually not too much of a challenge for most of the developers it's just a matter of finding the right games um, and finding the developers who are also excited about what we're doing and having them spend a few days to do a really good implementation into their software. Um, you know, the VR space is obviously perfect for haptics, you know, I mean, it's the being in a 360 immersive environment is incredible, you know, and, and when you realize, oh, man, there's stuff happening all around me and you're wearing a vest that lets you feel stuff on your back and on the front, like it just kind of makes sense. And I think that's why um, we have focused so much on the VR space in particular, but honestly, we do see a lot of opportunities as well outside of the VR space working with, you know, flat screen gaming. I especially would love to get more um, like regular flat screen or, or pancake gaming as a lot of uh, us XR people like to call it. Um, I would love to get haptics going for those because for years now, ever since the Rumble Pack came out, haptics have been a normal part of our gaming experiences, um, except for on PC, right? Like everyone's sitting there using a keyboard and, and mouse, and they're playing their League of Legends, or they're playing, uh, you know, their Dotas, or they're playing their Counter Strikes. But every, you know, everyone else on PlayStation and all that have all these amazing haptic patterns in their controllers, and we've all been feeling things for a long time. But PC is an area where I see a huge gap flat screen gaming where they could easily start to incorporate some haptic wearable devices to enhance the experience of these people's uh, who love these games. You know, there are some people who have been playing Counter-Strike for forever. They, they've never stopped. And how cool would it be to allow them to, uh, to get some of the tactical advantages that haptics can provide? So, um, yeah, I would say the biggest challenge right now is the growing the community and uh, getting more and more and more games natively integrated using the devices. Awesome. That's super exciting. I love that you mentioned um, the home and like the PC environment as like another opportunity for creating immersion in, in a time kind of where it just hasn't been done before. We're so used to console being immersive um, and we're used to VR being immersive. It's kind of like if it didn't, it would be strange. Um, but for PC, it's it's not strange somehow. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about um, maybe how you uh, work within the developer community and how you engage folks? Because there's a lot of people trying to kind of build communities around these kind of initiatives um, within their own spaces. Like, how do you approach it? And what are some of the ways that you, like, I know you've got Discord and you're um, on Twitter. Like, what are the, some of the ways that you, you help support the community and you try to grow it? Um, you know, I love Discord and I love Twitter. I, I feel like those are honestly two of the most powerful tools that we have in our community to connect. Um, one of the things that we all really have going for us is the fact that because this community is so niche and because we all kind of like got it, you know, like the light kind of, the light bulb just kind of turned on for all of us. Um, we have a, an, an intimate community and an insanely passionate one. You know, I mean, it's, these, these people who are making these VR experiences, especially, um, you know, they're doing so oftentimes at great risk, right? Like there are other businesses that they could go into that would probably be a safer one for them to invest their time and money, but they're passionate, right? Like these people understand and know that these immersive experiences are incredible and they are the future somehow right like we don't know exactly how all this is going to manifest but we do know that we're all onto something here and that vr and immersive experiences and haptics and all of this stuff is absolutely going to be something that everyone in the future is very well aware with and very well um, participating in so because of that most of these vr developers don't need too much convincing that this is something that is cool right and that this is something that they would like and a lot of them, you know, they see the opportunity to make their game uh, as good as possible, you know? So it's like, hey, we can reach out and we say, hey, listen, you see what we're doing. We see what you're doing. Um, don't, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you love to have a fully immersive haptic experience as a part of your game? And a lot of these, a lot of these developers will say yes to this, um, especially because with Epi Haptics, we will typically, I mean, we always, frankly, uh, provide hardware to these developers for them to um, test and to incorporate it, which of course basically just means that they get a haptic kit, right? So if you're like, hey, listen, I've got haptics for you, just put it into your game. A lot of them are more than happy to do that so they can get their hands on some of this stuff because they're just like us and they think that this is some of the coolest stuff in the world. So um, I really think that being passionate and being open and authentic and direct in communication is some of the best, the, some of the best advice I can give when it comes to outreach. Um, most of the time, it really, all it takes is a message or two, um, just straight to the point and keeping it real and being like, hey, listen, your game is awesome. Uh, we're doing something awesome. Let's incorporate this stuff into what you're doing. And um, if they can find the time for it, then we make it happen. There are definitely plenty of developers who love the idea, but it's really hard for them to set the time aside, right? Especially because they have to weigh the amount of, of their users that might be using these products. You know, at the moment, as you guys all know, not a whole lot of people know haptics, not a whole lot of people are invested in haptics, haptics and even less actually own them and use them on a regular basis. So that kind of goes back to some of the biggest challenges, right? Like the, the community needs to be large enough and there needs to be a, a high enough user base for the developers to feel like it's worth their time sometimes to, to, to incorporate it. But most of the time, we're all on the same team here. Everyone thinks that this stuff is some of the coolest stuff in the world and therefore they're trying to make it happen. So it's kind of, a, um, you know, it's kind of almost like a 50-50 thing there where, you know, half of them are like, 
instantaneously like oh wow yeah the haptics my game let's go let's make this thing happen right now and then the other half are like hey this sounds really cool but we're trying to add multiplayer we're trying to add this we're trying to add that so um you know it's always it always helps to to uh kind of bring up some of the stuff that we were talking about earlier in this conversation where you know immersive environments really 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 do benefit from having wearable haptic devices and being able to connect with the uh, virtual environments in a way that you know you you almost feel like is natural um and i think it's just a matter of time before enough people have those experiences just like with vr uh where they realize that this is something that is worth investing into you know it's kind of it's kind of like with vr how you can't really explain it you know like one of the best examples i've ever heard um it's like showing someone a photo like photos from your vacation right like if I'm trying to tell you about a VR game, it's kind of like trying to tell somebody about what it's like going to Hawaii by showing them pictures, by like showing them videos online and stuff like that. You, they only really know when you put the headset on. And haptics, it's kind of the same thing. Once you wear the vest, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And then you want to put that face on, then you want to have the arms, and you want then you want full dive, you know, but you need that first taste. So we're still in some of the beginning times, but this past year especially, um, we've noticed a huge ramp up in interest um as more and more games for be haptic specifically get incorporated we just we're seeing a big big push and right now we can't we can't make enough to uh to meet this the demand so i'm guessing in the next couple of years it's just going to get easier and easier and easier and everyone will almost start to uh assume that that's going to be a part of their development cycle when that happens though i, I guess remains uh, yet to be seen I love that. That's super exciting. In terms of where you see this going in five years, where would you hope to see it go? You've talked about like VR kind of had a moment um, that's brought, about, brought upon by you know, lower prices. It's more accessible. How about for um, haptics and um, like game immersion? Mm, five years. <clears throat> I, I think speaking, uh, if I'm being honest, I, I don't see um, too many, like, I think what we're doing now with the way that haptics are being made, there's a few different companies kind of trying a few different versions of it. I think that those companies will continue to move forward with, like, the angle that they've been taking on haptics. You've got stuff like Woozier, which is, like, heavily into the audio to haptic, like, transdu transducer low frequency like deep vibe stuff i, I don't see woozer going in any different directions for that anytime soon i think they're going to continue to just try to make that cheaper lighter form factor you know all of that stuff same with the haptics i think in the future maybe another five years if we have uh, a new line of vests come out or something i can see it just becoming lighter cheaper more accessible you know better materials like all that stuff i I do kind of, I think you comparing it to VR is a really good, uh, a really good comparison, right? Because we had the original VR headsets coming out and why weren't people buying them? They were expensive. You know, there wasn't a lot of support for, for everything, you know, um, maybe they were slightly uncomfortable, maybe they're heavy and they're tethered, all of that stuff. I think haptics is going to go a similar way. Um, you know, where I see B haptics going the best right now, I can see it becoming lighter for sure. I can see, you know, longer battery lives. I can see cheaper, um, cheaper prices for consumers. So, because right now, four ninety nine, there's nothing to to shake a stick at, right? Like people, not everyone can just pull four ninety nine out of their pocket and just throw it on a haptic vest. That's a large purchase 
for a lot of people, especially in the consumer market, um, where you know now people are expecting to get a high-end VR headset that can do anything for two ninety nine. You know, <laughs> like they're thinking, "Hey, am I going to spend more on a vest than I did on my headset?" And that that kind of becomes a conversation for a lot of people who are spending money on this kind of stuff too. So, for the next five years, I kind of just see it kind of going the same path as VR did, where it just becomes easier for everyone to get because it's cheaper and more accessible and there's more games, more experiences, you know, just kind of elaborating on what we're doing. Um, I think we might be looking more at like 10 or 15 years before we see um, some like innovations that really get us, you know, like kind of uh, getting us excited, um, you know, similarly to the rumble, rumble pack and, and now here we are uh, with the PS5, you know, dual shock or dual sense controller with all these adaptive, adaptive haptic triggers and, and stuff like that. I mean, I got that rumble pack in like, I don't know what year was it, like 1999 or something like that. So it's been like 20 years since the rumble pack and now we've got dual sense. So haptics, I think still has a little ways to go. Uh, five years, it'll be light, lighter and easier. Let's look at 10 to 15 before we start to see maybe some of those stuff, that stuff we were talking about earlier, right? Like the hot and cold, the the force feedback and some of the more exciting and, and uh, immersive things. That's awesome. I think everyone in the room probably now feels um, super old recognizing that yeah, it's 20, 25 years ago when we had the, uh, the rumble yeah. and the... <laughs> I didn't like those years in my brain right there. It was like 1999, 2009. Like, oh, <laughs> it's insane that you're mentioning that because um, I, I feel a good part of gaming for, for people of our age is also starting with like outside of our home and using like, you know, like stationary pinball tables and stuff like that and touching the materials and the, and the consoles itself and having haptics, physical haptics from passive haptics. And it's interesting to see how it evolves to a home entertainment experience. And now with COVID, it's kind of accelerating that roadmap. But we are slowly coming back to everything we discovered 20 to 30 years ago. And it's very fascinating to see that loop happening. You know, that's a really, I like that you said that. That's a really good point because there has been so many times when I've been at my house with VR and wearing wearable haptic devices that I literally feel like I'm living in the future and now I've brought those arcade experiences home. You know, like it really is like bringing that, that amazing room scale, crazy thing that you did back in the day now into your house. So, I mean, that's exactly it. You hit the nail on the head. That's beautiful. I'm also excited for, even for VR experiences. Um, remember those guns that you're pointing at the, <laughs> the cinema theaters uh, experiences and um, all those zombie games. <laughs> I'm just excited to, to to get the full on suit that you're mentioning. Maybe without the moist aspect. <laughs> just to try. Yeah. And you know what's funny too? It's like when you think about haptics, especially wearable haptics, you oftentimes are relating what those experiences would be like um, in like really intense moments. You know, it's like, oh, wow, I'm wearing a haptics suit. So somebody shoot me with a bazooka, you know, or I'm wearing a, 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 a face, a tactical, a tactile uh, face piece. Somebody let a head, a head crab jump on me and, and, and bite my face, you know, and it's always these like, you're like being exploded and like shot at and all of this. But the thing that sold me, like the thing that truly sold me on wearable haptics was when I played half-life alex with the b haptics vest and i dropped an item in my backpack you grab an item and you drop it at your shoulder and the pattern 
it feels like something falls into a bag on your back and like settles at the bottom. And it was that experience that like melted my brain. I was like, Oh, what? Like I just put something in a bag on my back and it really felt like something landed back there. So it's, it's funny because it's almost some of the less obvious applications that will really connect the dots for you and, and, and maybe make you a believer in the wearable haptic experience. Very well said. I think those are very meaningful, little delightful moments, I call them as designers, um, where they're not necessarily the most obvious. And, uh, and I agree with you. I don't, I don't think the, the obvious, meaningful experiences are on the explosions or the VFX. Same for visual design. It, it's all the little thing, right, that make it more tangible, that make us feel like it's a real environment. And I think there is also a lot of space for social haptics and having, you know, handshakes experiences, hugging people. And especially now with COVID, we want to be closer to our friends and family. So I can see the be haptic suit being the, the hug experience <laughs> very strong. <laughs> it's that it is truly amazing. I mean, my mind is blown on a regular basis when I'm using, I mean, VR and, and technology and, you know, you talking about using it as a social thing, like, it is truly incredible, you know, like, because like energy, and I mean, sorry if I go a little off the deep end here, but like energy doesn't care about space and time, you know? And I think we all know that as, as VR users, like if you're in a social VR experience, you can feel like social awkwardness in, in a situation like that. There might be a group of people standing over there and you hear them talking and you might kind of move up to the circle a little and, you know, try to get yourself involved in that conversation, you know, and there's just like the same kind of things that happen in real life, social in interactions, um, haptic experiences really, really can connect you to that handshake, right. Or to that, like, like that, that hug moment where you like rub somebody on the back and it's there, even though right now, you know, it's kind of crudely represented. It really does do a lot to, to help the energy be translated in this space. And uh, it's absolutely fascinating to me. And I think in the future, uh, we're, in for, we're in for an amazing time. I think there's never been a more exciting time to be alive and to be a human. And as we continue to scratch the surface as to what it means to experience uh, being in these virtual spaces together, uh, I think we're going to have to answer questions about what it means to be human and what it means to experience something. And uh, I'm here for all of it. And I think this conversation is evidence of it. Ooh, love that so much. Feel that. Oh, my gosh. Definitely. I think um, the more that we can use haptics to pick up on those nuances and those ways to communicate, um, that'd be amazing. Like we're so used to communicating um, like non-verbally with our phones. Um, it's just finding ways to incorporate that language into VR and XR. Um, so much potential as you, as you uh, mentioned. That's so awesome. I love that so much. Mm -hmm.